Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 47 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I want to share with you the five ways to maximize your ROI on your property investments. So we're going to talk about, first of all, what is ROI or return on investment and why is it so important? Then we're going to talk about the five specific ways that you can use to increase the ROI on your existing properties or every property you buy going forward. Now, you might want to have a pen and paper because I'm going to go through some numbers, or you can listen to this once and then go back again and write down the specific examples. So let's start at the very beginning. What is return on investment? And I'm always amazed at how many investors don't actually know this or don't use this when buying their properties. For me, it's one of the most important things to make sure I'm using my money in the wisest way. So return on investment is calculated with the following formula. On the top of the formula, we look at what's the annual profit generated from that property. It's the profit, not the rental income. It's the profit, the money you make after paying the mortgage, the insurance, the management fees, and any other costs. How much profit do you make every single year? Then on the bottom of the formula, we have what's the investment required to actually obtain that investment property in the first place. So the initial investment required. Then we take that formula, annual profit divided by initial investment, and we multiply it all by 100. And that gives us a percentage. Now, the higher the percentage, the better the deal. So let me give you some context around this. If you have a single let property, the ROI might be about 5 to 7%, typically around the UK. If you have a single let in London, it might only be 2 or 3% ROI. Now, if you have an HMO, a house of multiple occupation, the ROI should be 15% or more. And this is why HMOs are such a popular strategy because they not only give great cash flow, but you get a better return in investment. So the key to maximizing your ROI is to either increase the top of the formula, i.e. make more profit, or lower the bottom part of the formula, the money that you put in or leave in the deal. Now, this is so important because working out ROI, which you can do very quickly when you know how, enables you to compare one particular investment with a a different one to see which of those is going to be the best one for you to invest in. And you can make your investing decision based on the ROI. So now let's talk about ways that we can actually increase the top of the formula, the annual profit. And fundamentally, there are two ways of doing this. You can increase the rent, the money that you bring in, or and you can reduce the costs. So let's look at the first method, which obviously is raising the rent first of all. So how much rent can you charge for your property? If you've owned property for a number of years and you've had the same tenants there, it's possible that maybe you've not kept the rent in line with the market rates. 
I've got some tenants I've had in my property for years and years. And because they're good tenants, I've probably left the rents where they are. But to be honest, I could probably raise them up. So every so often I look at my rents, I look at the contracts and negotiate with my tenants a slight rent increase. If they're really good, I don't want to put it up too much. I don't want them to move out, but I want to keep on notching up the amount of income I get from each of my properties. So that's the first thing you could do. Um, if you've got a single let property, maybe you could repurpose it and use it in a different way. So you could use it as serviced accommodation, or maybe you can use it as an HMO. Many of the people who come on my year-long mastermind program, they've already got property they've been investing for a number of years. They might have a number of single lets, and they've never really thought about doing HMOs. And just turning a couple of those single lets into HMOs more than pay for the fees for the entire year to do the mastermind program. So it really is a very quick win you can make by looking at your existing properties. Now, the other thing you can do, if you already have HMOs, can you increase the rent on those? And the way of doing that is by providing much higher quality accommodation. There is, I believe, a slight oversupply of HMOs around the country. But if you look on websites like spareroom.co.uk, which is the main place that you can advertise your rooms in your properties, you'll see that most of the stock, most of the rooms are very average. They've got magnolia walls, they've got okay furniture, they're not dressed properly. But actually, if you go onto spare room, you can actually look at the rental achieved in the area. And in some places, you can see that the rent for a double room with bills included, the difference between the lowest rent and the highest rent achieved in the area, the highest rent is sometimes double the lowest rent. So there's a huge difference about what tenants are prepared to pay and it comes down to the quality of the property. And I maintain if you always have good quality property at a fair price in a good area, you should always be able to rent it out. So my suggestion here is look at the rents on all your properties, think about your HMOs, can you improve them? Can you upgrade them to make them a higher quality standard and so people are prepared to pay more money for them? So increasing your rent, that's the first thing you can do. The next thing we want to look at to increase the top of the formula, the profit, is look at the costs. So can we reduce the costs of our properties? Now the main cost we have every single month is obviously the mortgage. So every so often it's worth looking at your mortgages, especially if you've come to the end of a term, you're just on the standard variable rate. Check the rates you're on. Because actually, if you do a bit of shopping around, maybe you can remortgage the properties and you can actually bring down the rate you're paying. Personally, with the current market right now, a lot of my clients are remortgaging property to take out some cash. So they've got some cash available for what we believe is the anticipated market drop. It's going to be a great time to be buying properties over the next 12 months. So you can obviously release money if that's available. Or if you don't want to do that, at least you should be looking to reduce the rates you're paying on your mortgages. That can save you hundreds, if not thousands of pounds every year. That increases your profit, which means you're gonna increase the ROI on that particular property. Management is another cost where maybe you can make some savings. So if you have a number of properties with the same agent, maybe you can go and negotiate with that agent that they bring down the management fees. Now, you have to be a little bit careful here. You want to make sure your agent is making enough money to be able to do a good job. I see sometimes agents advertise very, very low fees. You think, how on earth are they going to make any money and thus survive long term if they're not charging enough? So there's a balance. But I can certainly think if your HMOs, you should be paying 
a lot less than maybe 12%, which is a standard let, you should be paying 10 or maybe even 8% because they get a percentage of the overall income, which is much better. So look at how much you're paying in management fees. Maybe there's some negotiation there. And then finally, utility bills. If you've got service accommodation or you've got an HMO, you're going to be paying all the bills. Utility bills can be a high cost. And there are some things you can do. So for example, you can put thermostat controls on your heating. So in other words, the heating is not blasting out all day. Um, you can go to a company who might be able to look at all uti your utility bills and shop around and get the best deals. I've saved thousands and thousands of pounds on my properties by working with a company who've been able to do that for me. And also things like your internet. Look at how much you're paying for your broadband internet. You might just be on a contract. You can go back to that a particular supplier and maybe negotiate a new 18 or 24 month contract at a lower rate. So it's worth looking at the costs to see if you can reduce those, which will increase the profit you make, which will thus increase your return on investment. Now let's talk about the bottom half of the formula, the money that you need to put in upfront. So another way of increasing your return on investment is by reducing the amount of money you either put in the first place or money that you actually leave in the property. So if we look at strategies where we don't have to put a lot of money in, there are certain strategies like rent to rent, where you rent a property from someone else, or a purchase lease option where you rent it and you've got the right to buy it in the future, or even an exchange with delayed completion where you're not buying it now, you're going to buy it sometime in the future. These are all strategies where you're not putting a lot of money in, and so you can maximize your ROI. Let me give you a very quick example of how to use an EDC exchange with delayed completion. So one of my mastermind clients, he found a large property in Birmingham that was a single let property he wanted to convert into an HMO. Now, what most people would do is they'd put down their 25% deposit and all their buying costs then they'd put in all the refurb money, um, and then after six months, they'd refinance it. That ties up your deposit and all your refurb costs, so the ROI is not going to be very good. What Tushar did was he put down a deposit, a 5% deposit. He did an exchange with a delayed completion for nine months. During the nine months, he was able to work on the property, and he converted it from a three-bed property into a six-bed HMO. He obtained the HMO license for it. So when he actually came to buy the property, he'd significantly increased the value. He then came to my business, Crowd Property, borrowed the money from Crowd Property to buy the property. And because the value was much higher than the purchase price, Crowd Property gave him pretty much all of the money to buy the property. Now, whilst his development costs were still in the property, he effectively didn't have to put in the big 25% deposit. Then six months later, he refinanced it, paid back Crowd Property, and he was able to do this with a lot less of his money, so he had a much higher return on investment. So this is just something to think about to be creative. Does the seller really need all the money now? Maybe they'll give you some time to actually get the work done on the property. You can lift the value and use a creative finance way of actually buying the property. Now, the fourth way of increasing ROI, again, is working on the bottom half of the formula, is maybe you can do a deal where, although there's some money required, it's not actually your money. So if it's none of your money involved, it's actually an infinite return on investment for you. You need to make sure you look at 
the ROI for the money that is required, because obviously if you're not using your money, if you're using someone else's, you're gonna to need to give them some sort of payment or profit for that. So these are all types of creative finance. And there are a couple of different things you could do. You could go and get a private loan from someone where they give you the deposit, you give them a certain return, which you pay out of the monthly rental income. Or maybe you do a joint venture where someone puts the money in and you have a share of the profits and a share of the equity growth on the property, or even vendor finance. And this is another creative financing method that many people just don't understand. And it is difficult to get it done in the current circumstances. Most mortgage companies want to see you put some money into the property. But again, there are some bridging companies and people like Crowd Property who understand about creative finance deals. And as long as there's enough equity there, they're happy if you don't put the money in. But if the vendor gifts you the deposit. So again, these have to be done in the right way, but these are creative strategies where you're using none of your money to invest in property. If you don't know how to use these creative strategies, you really are missing out. And over the next few months, I'm gonna cover how to do some of these creative finance strategies. And then the final way to maximize your ROI, again, working on the bottom half of the equation, is when you put money in or other people's, you want to quickly recycle that money so you can pull out the initial deposit and maybe some of the refurb costs. And this is what we call momentum investing. And the idea here is we buy a property where we can afford force the appreciation. So this is done by either buying the property below market value from a motivated seller. And I do believe learning how to find really good deals in your area is one of the most important skills that you need to learn to be a successful investor. So you can either buy below market value or you can add value to that property through renovation and development or a combination of the two. So that means you get to recycle your money and take it all out. Now, a big mistake that people make, that I just want to mention here, is many people look at a deal where they can buy it at a discount, they can put some money in for the refurb, but maybe they can't refinance and get all of their money out. Maybe they need to leave 10, 20, or even 30,000 pounds left in the deal. And they think because they need to leave money in, it's not a very good deal. Well, that's not the case. You need to look at the money that's left in, what's the ROI on that money? If you're getting a 40, 50, 60% ROI on that money, it's okay to leave it in because it can be someone else's money you leave, you give them a great return of the money and there's still plenty of profit for you. So that's just one thing I want you to be cautious of. Don't think that you can't do a deal if you can't get all your money out. That's the ideal scenario we're aiming for, but sometimes there needs to be some money left in. So let me give you some examples of ROI calculations, just so you can understand how important this is. So let's assume there are two properties you're looking at buying. Property A makes 500 pounds profit a month, that's after all the expenses, and property B makes 1,000 pound profit per month. So which of these is the best investment? Well, many investors will say, well, obviously property B is the best one because that gives a thousand pounds profit. And that might be the case, but we also need to understand how much do we need to invest in order to achieve that 500 or a thousand pound profit a month? So let's look at property B first of all. Let's say that B is an HMO. It's going to give us a thousand pound profit a month and that means we're gonna make 12,000 pounds per year. So we put the annual profit, 
which is £12,000 on the top of the formula. On the bottom, we need to put the initial investment. Now, let's say we can secure that property deposit and all the costs for, let's say, £200,000. Let's say it's already an existing HMO, so we'd put it a £50,000 deposit in, we might have £10,000 of closing costs for our legals and stamp duty. Therefore, we can secure that property for £60,000. That's the initial investment required. So therefore, our return on investment is £12,000 divided by £60,000. We multiply that by 100, and that gives us a 20% return on investment. So that's a pretty good HMO deal. And you know, I'm sure many of us would be happy with that kind of deal. Great property, let's do that. But hang on a minute, let's look at property A. Property A makes 500 pounds a month or 6,000 pounds a year. Now, let's say that actually property A is not a property we're gonna buy. Let's say property A is a rent-to-rent -rent property or even better, a purchase lease option. And we can do that deal for just 10,000 pounds. So maybe we've got the right to buy this property in the future for, for X price that we've set with the owner. In the meantime, it's going to make us five hundred pounds profit, and it costs us ten pounds to uh, ten thousand pounds to acquire that. So our ROI would be six thousand divided by ten thousand, and that actually gives us a sixty percent ROI. And my belief is, if you do a PLO, you should get at least a fifty percent ROI. That means you get all your money back in two years. So which of these deals is the best? Well, on ROI. Property A is probably the best. Why is that good? And you might say, yeah, but I want to get a thousand pounds for my rental income. Yes, but if you bought the option from property A and you got 500 pounds per month, 6,000 pounds a year, it's only costing you 10,000 pounds. You could maybe go and buy another five options. You can get six options in total for that 60,000 pounds, or you can get one property, property B, for 60,000 pounds. So if you had six properties, all giving you 500 pounds a month, well, that's 3,000 pounds a month instead of 1,000 pounds a month from property B. So it's really important to understand ROI whenever you look at buying a property. The first thing you should work out is what is the cash flow going to be and what's the ROI going to be. That will save you an absolute load of time when you're looking, should I buy this property or not? If it looks like a good deal at this very top level, you can do more thorough research and decide if you're going to buy this property or not. The final thing I want to mention here is something called return on equity. Now, return on investment is what you look at when you first buy a property. But once you've had properties for a number of years, especially if you've been able to remortgage and take your money out, your return is an infinite return. And you might have a lot of properties that have an infinite return because as values have gone up, you remortgage so you don't have any money left in. You might think, well, that's a, that's a great deal. I'm just going to keep that property forever. But actually, is that the case? You see, I think you should look on what I call the return on equity. What I mean by that is, although you've got no initial investment, you've had that back years ago, you've still got equity in that property. And so what you do is you compare the annual profit divided by the equity that you would get out of the property if you sold it. That then shows you the opportunity cost of having that money tied up in that property. Because although it's an infinite return on paper because you've got none of your money left in, maybe you could take that property, sell it, take out all the equity. Obviously, you'd pay your any taxes, like your capital gains tax, you claim your capital gains tax allowance, obviously, and then 
the money that's left over, the profit, you could reinvest in another property that might give you a higher ROI. So I like to look at the return on equity, i.e. the overall profit I make, divided by the equity that I could get out, see what that percentage is, compare that to using that money in another property. And very often you'll see, although in theory, on an ROI basis, because you've taken your money out, there's an infinite return. After a number of years, if the value's gone up a lot, but the rent hasn't gone up much, you might not be getting a very high percentage return on equity. And actually, it might be worth selling that particular property, taking the money out, and investing it in another property that gives you a much higher ROI. I have the strategy where as part of my portfolio, I'll look at the properties every year. I'll try and identify at least one property that I'm going to sell because it's not such a well-performing property. I'll then take the profit, reinvest it back in another property. So overall, my number of properties doesn't change, but over time, I'm getting a better and better return on investment. So I do hope this has given you an insight into understanding just why return on investment is so important and giving you the ability to very quickly and easily calculate the ROI you're going to get on your property purchases. So if you like this, I'd love it if you could please give me a five-star review, say what you liked about it so other people can find this podcast and hopefully they can also benefit from learning from these little nuggets of information I give you every week. So that's it from me. As always, I encourage you to invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.